Today is April 20th, 2021. This is the Friendship News Hour presented to you by Bummer Dude Media. My name is Frank Huerta. I'm joined today by Alex Kenzie. Howdy doody, Franklin. Fantastic. If this is a uh, day you celebrate, chances are it's the same day you've had uh, 364 days of the year so far. <laughs> but congrats to you anyway. I'm not afraid to say it. Happy 420, everybody. Today is 420, <laughs> the uh, most sacred of days in April. Quite, but also a pretty big news day today. Very big news day today, Alex. Um, we talk, of course, of the conviction of Derek Chauvin uh, for the murder of uh, A1 George Floyd. Uh, he was convicted on all three charges that uh, were brought against him by the state of Minnesota, uh, third, deg- third degree murder, third degree murder, second degree murder, and uh, felony manslaughter. And uh, yeah, I think, I think today was a good day um, for our system of justice. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, I think, I think I want to take, uh, take us through the, the facts of the case as maybe a juror might have gone through them. Sure. So closing arguments were heard yesterday and then court was recessed so that the jurors can deliberate. I think first of all, for whatever it's worth, I think you have to acknowledge that all 12 of those jurors were very cognizant of the decision that they were about to make. Would you agree? For sure. You cannot be, right? Um, I think you'd have to understand that your your decision, whatever it is that you came out with out of that room, was uh, sure to make uh, tidal waves in the community that they lived in and the nation as a whole. And so I think it's uh, it's important to recognize that um, and like, take that for whatever it's worth. Um, but y- y- if you go through... The charges, starting with the most serious, um, second-degree murder. What you need to prove is that George Floyd was killed while the murderer, Derek Chauvin, was committing another felony. So it's not first-degree murder where your intention is to kill the person that you kill. The murder in this case was the result of a felony that was already taking place. So in order to convict on second degree murder, you would have to convict on a felony in the process. And that's where we have manslaughter. So manslaughter is huge here because if you can find that Derek Chauvin was guilty of manslaughter, then you have the case for second degree murder. So, what are the facts about the manslaughter? And the manslaughter is that he was kneeling on the backside and the neck of Mr. Floyd for an unreasonable amount of time. And we know this because when his superiors took the stand and were asked questions about Derek Chauvin's behavior that day, uh, it was classified as 
uh, unnecessary and that it was not something that was taught as being a part of that police force. So if you can find him guilty on manslaughter, then you almost certainly can find him guilty for murder too, because he died in the process of a manslaughter, which is murder too. And, uh, to be perfectly honest with you, I am uh, not very knowledgeable on the lesser third degree murder charge. I just know that uh, the classification is that uh, whatever it was that Derek Chauvin did or that somebody would do to cause a death, in this case, manslaughter by kneeling on, on his back and his neck, then you that act is eminently dangerous to others and invincing a depraved mind without regard for human life. I take that to be you in whatever state of mind you were in did not have regard for somebody's life and your action killed them. So murder in the third degree. So I think it's very uh, reasonable. I think the facts stand up. I think that an appeal is probably futile, although you'll see it. For sure. I think, I think this upholds and I think, uh, you know, I think he goes to jail for a significant amount of time. I, I don't believe any of the sentences dictate. Well, I, I guess you could go to jail for the rest of your life for this. Um, yeah. The, the max sentence, if he's tried at, at the maximum penalty for all of these, uh, is 75 years, which for him would pretty much be a life sentence. So that, that's the maximum that's yeah, as I have. Yeah, so it'll be it. curious to see what what gets handed down. I don't know. Uh, it's, it's it's heavy stuff. So uh, mm-hmm. I gotta imagine he he'll be spending a very very significant amount of the rest of his days, if not all of them, behind bars. Deservedly so, man. Uh, I mean, you look into this guy's background. Um, Eighteen different complaints filed on him over a nineteen year career. Uh, many of them having to do with ex- using excessive force in one way or the other. Uh, quite a few of them were incapacitating people using their necks in one way or the other, whether it was his knee, uh, putting people into headlocks, using different chokeholds uh, to subdue people. So it, it seems like this was a, a running thing, which in his history. Um, also, like you kind of mentioned, all the officers that were interviewed from his uh, precinct and, and in the Minneapolis Police Department all identified that his use of force uh, was very excessive in comparison to what they're actually taught and how they're trained, which I think was really damning because in a lot of cases, I think you see police officers uh, kind of cover I, I, like a, for, for their for their brother or sister. You know, I think they it's kind of a, a, a code in a way. Um, this is one of the first times where I think that I've seen almost all of them uh, kind of say like, no, he was wrong. What he did was not the way we are trained to do it. And it resulted in him getting killed. And I think that had a big effect on the jury for sure. Yeah, because because your 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 big defense here is that. the cause of death wasn't a need in the neck, mm-hmm. right? There, there was no evidence that he was ever constricted by 
his windpipe and his neck, there was no sign of any sort of trauma around his neck. Nothing pointed to strangulation or asphyxiation, which is what it looked like in the beginning. Turns out he had a heart attack. Turns out that his, his reaction to the substances in his body and the subsequent being put on the ground and held to the ground by this police officer caused his death. It was fentanyl that they found in his system, right? Fentanyl and, and, and amphetamines. Yep. Okay. Um, and there's video that they showed in the, in the, in the trial that showed him out in one of, uh, it, it was either the store he tried to use that fake money at or a store close to it very, very shortly before he was confronted by the police. And you could tell he very visibly not, uh, a well person. Uh, he was certainly high on something, uh, that just making him do things that any normal person wouldn't do. Um, but w- what's important here is that to convict somebody for these murder charges, you don't have to prove that that you were the only cause of death. For example, if you were to jump off of a 20-story building and I had a sniper at your head, and as you jumped off, I shot you in your head. And you died before he hit the ground. That's murder. Mm-hmm. You get know what I'm saying? Yep. So you don't need to prove that whatever it was that Derek Chauvin was doing was the sole cause of death. You have to prove that it was a cause of death. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, I don't think there's any hiding from, from that fact. And right. uh, like I said, I think the, the facts stand up and uh, really, truly, a, uh, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad that that's what it is. You know, I'm glad that it's based on, you know, factual, you, you, you know, you, you could, you, you have a straight line to, to convicting this guy based off of the facts. Right. If there were questions about it, and questions of, you know, jurors being intimidated or, you know, I mean, shit, man, what was it last night or two nights ago? I forget when it was. I think it was two nights ago. He had a, a, a democratic, um, congresswoman from California making a speech in Brooklyn park, Minnesota <laughs> saying, if we don't get the conviction that we want, then we need to be way more forceful in our actions. I mean, come the fuck on. Yeah, man. Like, you know, if there was any doubt of the facts of this case and you got her saying that you had the mayor of Minneapolis saying, you know, before there was ever a conviction that, you know, George Floyd was, was murdered by this cop. And it's like, Christ almighty. I mean, could you wait a little bit and not like, you know, and, and, it, you know, that kind of thing, I, I really can't stand. Um, yeah. But and and all, it's all in all, proven I think, guilty. But like uh, the fact that I think that there was a video for this 
that circulated everywhere and everyone could see exactly what happened and how he died. Um, I, I think in, in this case, like leads one many to believe that it was pretty straightforward decision in a way. So like they, they are voicing their opinion. Now should it be public officials doing that? Cause that could incite riots and a lot of other things. Maybe not, but I mean, they do have a freedom of speech to give their own opinion, I guess. I, that would be my only like, counter argument to that. Yeah, I suppose. Um, I, w- I don't believe that uh, somebody of her stature doesn't believe the gravity of her actions. Sure. Uh, you know, you're, you got Joe Biden saying that he hopes for the what do you say? I think he said something like, I don't want to misquote him, but he definitely said, I hope that the, the real verdict comes or like the true verdict comes. It was obviously like making a point to say like, we really hope this guy gets convicted of murder. Mm. And like, how is that not throwing gasoline on just a bunch of plywood? True. Because if you don't get that, now you have the president saying, Hey, this is what it should be before it even was. Right. Like, yeah, they know exactly what they're doing. And it's very, very frustrating because it's obviously a very offensive move. And, uh, I don't know. I think we should be a little bit more upset about that because if for whatever reason there was a, a, a verdict that came in today or whenever and said he was innocent, now we would be talking about <laughs> the country burning. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I don't think any one conviction is ever worth so much uh, deliberate allowance of criminal activity everywhere. Sure. But that would be like the frustration of Rodney King and, you know, Eric Garner and all these, all these other people that uh, have lost their life and and like the continued, um, it seems to be like a trend of like the officers getting off for in, at sometimes overused force or um, you're killing these guys over and over again. So I can't say that I agree with the looting and all that, but it, it I can see, I can sympathize with it a little bit too, man. Cause it's, I think you can sympathize with it, but I don't think it does anything towards uh, even like a conviction. Right. Does anything positive for anything that has to do with race or culture or how we are at all at odds. Because you don't think so? Even what this conviction? Did, at the end of the day, this guy wasn't convicted of a hate crime. And you can call it racism all you want, but, um, you know, this, uh, it, this to me is not a representation of a giant, large um, dragon that we've made it out to be. I, I, I don't think it's... I I understand the motive. I understand the sentiment, but, um, to me, it's, it, 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 there really isn't anything positive to come out of this. I disagree. Um, I think it, 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 I mean, if nothing else, it, it puts into the mind of, of police officers everywhere, officers everywhere. Um, the next time that they're in a situation that, that maybe, and a shitty cop will react differently than they maybe would have. And maybe that'll save one or two lives. Um, because now they, they know, 
um, that they're more liable for their actions. They're not just covered by this code anymore of, of police are just doing their job and, uh, can't be personally tried, um, for, for what they do while they're in that uniform. And that's ridiculous to me. Um, so I, I do think it's a win because I think it could really plant a seed into a lot of people's minds and it's not like it's going to turn shitty cops into good cops. I'm not delusional in any way. Um, but I think it'll make people think twice and I think it'll put into a lot of action, a lot of new initiatives that hopefully like will go into help police training. Um, because there are plenty of great cops out there, man. And, and, um, you know, they take a, a, an oath to protect and serve and, and, and that's, that's what they're supposed to do. And, and that's the job they sign up for. No one makes them do it. That's what they sign up for. Um, you're always going to have shitty ones, but, but the vast majority of them are good people and they, they make all of our neighborhoods and lives or, or try to like better places, safer places. Um, and at the core it's good, but w- when you got bad ones that, uh, target people, whether it's for race or they're just fucking, they hate their life and they want to take it out on people. Maybe that's the case here. I I don't necessarily think this was a a hate crime either. Um, but it was a overuse of force by the police, uh, on a person. And that person happened to be black, but like in this case it was, it it happened to somebody and it's, well, I can appreciate your, you know, your noble, uh, you know, your, your noble outcome or, or, or takeaway from this, but you'd have to forgive me for being a little bit cynical when the immediate reaction from all of the leaders of one side of the political aisle is that all this was, was a, uh, hold on before I misquote the damn guy again. Um, (laughs) but he, you know, he's the president of the United States and their words always matter. It was murder in the full light of day and it ripped the blinders off of, for the whole world to see, systemic racism now come on that's your takeaway here right i think yeah and it's everybody yeah. just falling in line and coercing that like like no um there's way too many people out here who are tired of being at each other's throats and they want to highlight what it means to be unified and not to be differentiated and to me i think George Floyd, his legacy is going to be a pawn in a game because, you know, let's face the facts. This guy really wasn't that good of a person, but he's being held up, you know, and it really sucks that, that, you know, his, his life had to end at the, at the hands of, of Derek Chauvin the way it did. But I mean, you know, this guy isn't like any hero either, but he's being held as this turning point for for what? For like ripping open the the covers of systemic racism in America? And it's like, come on, it's not it at all. And you know, I hope that your takeaway, what you just said about that, I really hope that that is the direction this goes. I hope it's you know a catalyst for really substantial change. But I don't like that it's immediately being taken as just another step in this ever long fight for, you know, the fight for ending racism or whatever, whatever arbitrary goal that has zero measurable attainable outcome, just another 
just to fuel the, the, the fan, the flames of, you know, this stupid division nonsense. Right. So cheers here. Cheers to change. Hopefully this, That's you know, right. this is a wake up call and we don't have to be talking about these events as much as we do. I certainly hope not, man. I hope it's a step in the right direction. Um, I, well, I I'd like to talk about other events because there is <laughs> other news and it doesn't have to be so heavy and dreary. Um, it does not. Can I give you an update on the uh, Super League soccer situation quick? I would love you to. All right. So um, as quickly as it came together, it seems to be falling apart quite quickly now. Um, yesterday, uh, both Byron Munich and Paris Saint-Germain both came out. Uh, in defense of UEFA and in defense of the current system, which mm-hmm. uh, seems to be uh, mm-hmm. people Somebody are trying to take that. Yeah, and I, I, once I read into it a little more, it's the the president of Real Madrid. This is like his his child. The Super League is like his uh, his idea and like uh, you know a way for them to make it a little bit more exciting. Which I I, I think it's a really good idea. I think it's I don't see. Where it really hurts, when I read into it even more, I also found out that all the teams involved in this uh, were collectively going to pay out a 10 billion pound provision to all of the non-participating teams from their leagues um, as a way to like say, like, hey, we know that this could take some revenue away from you guys. We're not trying to like fuck you guys and close your football teams down. Um, we're just trying to, you know provide a weekly dose of champions league because champions league qualifiers are over the course of months and and you you get to see awesome teams play each other but it's really drug out it's really spread out and it's just like why like why so my question my question is what what's the what's the beef what's the beef sir the beef is that uefa and fifa feel threatened that uh because they have been they've been the south they've been the south bosses for a long time and they run the soccer world and in this mind in their mind this would take away a piece of their power uh, a piece of of uh, what they do and, and i'm sure it's going to take away money from especially uefa so um, my knowledge of uh international soccer and, and and the leagues there within that was like fifa in 2010 man i was that was when <laughs> like the height of my soccer knowledge peaked so i got to imagine it's something like uh, if there was a league that wanted to take NFL players and play them in like, I don't know, springtime or whatever. No. So this is the full team. So this is like if college football said, all right, we know we got all these teams, oh, but okay. like every okay, so year, it's like, it's so Ohio it's like, State, Bama, you know what It's I mean? like Clemson. if Green Bay Packers wanted to play a game against like, the Tampa Bay Bucks, but it wasn't sanctioned by the NFL. Kind of. Kind of, but more like if you think about it football-wise, if there's just like always a separate, like you have the Big Ten schedule, and then you have the Super 8 schedule, and it's like Michigan, Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson, these select the top two teams, Oklahoma, the top teams from all these different divisions that are the NCAA, um, that that all like the best teams from each of those divisions had their own division as well, apart from the big 10 the big 12 and all these, these, um, conferences. So, so, I mean, so it just boils down to money. Yeah. So like Indiana, the Purdue's, the Tennessee, like some of these smaller schools, 
um, would be like, Hey, what the hell? Like this makes big 10 games, not as big to go to anymore. Um, we, th- all the people are going to want to go to the super league, you, you know? So like, that's, that's basically what's happening. And they, it's a power struggle for sure. I'm sure. Um, and I guess a lot of fans, like a lot of fans are in, are hate, hate this over overseas. Uh, they are not in support of it. Um, so as a result today, of this league of this league of, that they wanted to put yeah, together, they think it's cause I mean, the premier league has been around forever. They don't want to see that get destroyed because these 12 teams want to go make a shit ton of money. But why would it get destroyed? It's it's not in lieu of. It's in addition to. Agreed. It's, it, Let I, the kids yeah. play. Mm-hmm. But so as uh, crumbling today under the pressures, uh, Chelsea and Manchester City both uh, backed out of the Super League. So yeah, well. we are. You know, I I think it's just going to be more and more to follow. You have other clubs like Byron and uh, PSG speaking out, saying that this is. You know this is stupid, and we're gonna ride with you know what has been. It's it's fine with how it is. Uh, so it it is coming to a crashing halt. I fear. Um, so yeah, that that's kind of where it's at today. I'll keep you in the loop as more stuff happens. Well, R.I.P. I have no I have no dog in this race. I just you know <laughs> I like it when the best want to get together and uh, and challenge themselves. Uh, but anyway, I, I, if there was a real if there was a real argument against it, I would hear it. But I don't know if they want to play, let them play. Right, who cares? Yeah, and once I found out they were going to do a payout, now that was over twenty three years, but uh, that's a lot of a lot of change, man. Uh, yeah, for free money for a league you don't participate in at all, ten billion pounds—that's a lot of money. Um, so yeah, we'll see we'll see what happens, but I agree. Let let the kids play, man. Let's let's see some high competition. Why not? Agreed. Switching gears. Do you remember uh, uh, Brian Sicknick? Was he the uh, the Capitol Guard from uh, earlier this year when uh, the Capitol was stormed? That's right. So that he passed away. Okay, yeah. He and and, and uh, another gal uh, perished when um, people decided to storm our Capitol uh, way back in January. And uh, you know, for the longest time, there was a narrative about this guy that he was overrun by a, a big scary mob. And uh, had his head bashed in by um, a fire extinguisher. And for a full month, when there was full team coverage from every one of our news organizations and outlets, um, this story was told over and over and over and over and over and over and over. And there were people on Twitter there were people uh, on other forums that would say, you know, hey, we don't really know. It hasn't been official. And they would just get slaughtered. I mean, they would get eviscerated. Uh, they'd be called truthers. And uh, Glenn Greenwald, he's the, uh, do you know Glenn, Glenn Greenwald? No, you know I love the name. He, he, great name. Uh, shout out to your name, Glenn. He's, <laughs> um, he broke the uh, um, uh, Edward Snowden story. Oh, okay. Yeah. You ever seen Citizen Four? Have not. Oh, dude, watch Citizen Four. There was a Snowden movie that came out. Um, and it starred uh I'm not gonna remember his name. Very famous actor. Uh, but it's a good movie, but it's based off of a documentary that was literally following Edward Snowden as he decided to end his life as he knew it and become a whistleblower. Hmm. And he flew down to Brazil, I think, and uh, met with Glenn Greenwald, who's a, a journalist. 
former lawyer and um, spilled the beans. And, and Glenn Greenwald and his team every day released more and more of this information about the NSA and how they spied on Americans. And, uh, dude, it's a freaking ridiculous documentary. Because when you notice, like, when you understand the gravity of it, right. um, dude, unbelievable. Anyway, Glenn Greenwald, he's a, he's, a, he's a great guy, great journalist, very objective, very, uh, you know, very much just in search of the truth. And that's all he wants to hear. He just wants to know what's real and what's not. So um, he, he was one of the guys that was like, hey, you know, maybe he didn't get killed the way that everybody is saying that he did because we just don't know. It hasn't been proven. And, uh, you know, this whole time he's just been getting torched for saying what he said. Um, and turns out that this guy had like two strokes during the course of a few hours and he, uh, ended up dying that way. And so the coroner's official cause of death is natural causes and and when I say every news organization, I'm talking about the AP. When you open up your local newspaper, when you open up the Toledo Blade, the Toledo Blade gets their news from the AP. That is the news's news. And they reported the same falsehood that everybody else reported. And it's just, I don't know, man, it gets under my skin sometimes when this kind of event happens and... We're just expected to just go on. Like we don't recognize that there is no more respect for real solid, dirty ass journalism for getting to the truth and knowing why you know what you know and not just reporting everything that everybody else is saying. And, uh, I don't know, man, just really irks me sometimes because it's a big deal. It's a, if you're going to make the case that the president of the United States incited a riot at the Capitol building by using incendiary words. You can't then turn around and look at the coverage of that very same event and notice that one of the very key parts of this event, one that they impeached the president for, was completely false, 100 and 50% not true. Now, why was it as widely reported that way? Was there video that, that showed something of that? Or was it just eyewitness accounts? Like what? How did that get out? It was obviously somebody reporting something that they didn't know fully what it was. Mm. And maybe they even told somebody, hey, I don't fully know, but this is what I think I saw or whatever, even if they were truthful about it. Somebody ran with it. Yeah. Somebody decided to make the decision to run with a story that they knew wasn't verified and Mm -hmm. it never crossed their mind once to maybe do the right thing. But a couple guys did get arrested for assault, like on this guy, didn't they? Because didn't they tear gas him? Uh, and, and like rush him at least from what I, when I looked into it, that's, that's what I was reading that. And, and that the autopsy did show that the tear gas didn't give him the stroke. Um, no, but I no got signs of, no signs that, of death from any chemicals, but I gotta nothing. believe that like the rush of blood and adrenaline and him, like the events of the day before 
contributed to him having a stroke. Perhaps. Okay, but 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 here's the thing. It's not. This is an isolated incident. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, if you, if you're, if if all you know is that this person was a part of a traumatic event and died, then that's all you know. That's what you report. You don't report something so specific as he was bashed in the head with a fire extinguisher and hold on to reporting that story for over a month. Right. I agree. Okay. There was just a story and this is, this is a little bit more recent too about, um, about Russian officials paying Afghan soldiers as a bounty to kill American soldiers. Okay. This story was reported everywhere. Like it was gospel and it's patently false. Nothing about this is true. Yeah. And these are big things, man. Like it's, it's not nothing. It's not like you can't, I don't know how we, we just, decide like this is this is good this is fine i mean and then you now you have networks that are you know being accused and of like pro- putting out propaganda and it's it's just like this whole media machine yeah right there's not one they're not like hey we got it wrong hey sorry sorry no, we're sorry we're sorry sorry <laughs> we got this one wrong sorry <laughs> nothing dude there's nothing there's not even like it's just like it's you know whoops it's probably we'll next time yeah, they're not held to any kind of uh, standard, like the main news. Not anymore. Media. Yeah. Not anymore. You know, uh, I forget how many millions of viewers. I think it's like 10 million. Um, ABC Nightly News gets 10 million views a night. My grandma watches that shit mm. every night. She loves the guy that's on there. That's why she watched it. He's a handsome fella. Um, but that's a half hour of news. And you watch this news and it's crammed, all it's crammed into a half hour and you watch it and it's just like headline after headline after this and after that. And then maybe at the end they're like, and to end the night on a good note, we have a, a puppy that uh, made friends with a jaguar. You know, it's just like, this is what we do now. 10 million people are taking this in. Mm-hmm. So anyway, just another uh, example of how uh, nobody likes to tell us the truth anymore. True. Call me jaded, but there's hope on the horizon. Um, because, uh, Senator Schumer, Chuck Schumer, child Schumer, um, has said, um, and this was today. No, this is all like five days ago. I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just found out about it today. Uh, he, he said, uh, that there's going to be legislation that hits the, uh, Senate floor that, uh, or the house floor, excuse me, that will, uh, legalize marijuana fully federally, take it off of the schedule of drugs and legalize it totally. Um, uh, long time coming, I think. Yeah. And uh, very much in favor of the sentiment, yes. Um, legalize it, uh, to quote uh, Peter Tosh. Absolutely. Um, even 
If you're not a weed sympathizer, uh, like many of us are, even if you think it's a bad thing, um, I think at this point we can certainly say it's not criminal. Right? Yeah, absolutely, man. At the very least, it's not very criminal. Least. Yeah. Plenty of great uses medicinally and otherwise for it and recreationally. And even if it just got you stoned, mm-hmm. even if it just uh, made you down a pizza right after dinner, if that's all it ever did, it's not, it's not criminal. Uh, it, it's a long time coming. It is uh, something that I'm very much in favor of. I think it's something that the country is very much in favor of. I don't believe that there is any large resistance to something like this that exists in the general public. Now, why I think that this may not happen is because I think there is a lot of uh, incentive to keep drugs, drugs. Mm -hmm. And uh, this might be from a criminal perspective of keeping people in jail. This might be, or I think more of a a pharmaceutical perspective, Um, you know, not blurring the lines between the uh, legal drugs and non-legal drugs, regardless of their effect on your body. Um, But I think that there's large public support for a measure like this. And like I said, I think it's a long, long time coming. Yeah. It's just, it's crazy to think that you'd be able to uh, maybe like someday, like go to a Seven Eleven and and get a fuck, get a six pack of beer and, and a eighth of weed and, and go home and have a great Saturday. Yeah, man. And, and, you know, I think that there is something to be said about the fact that it is still an inebriant. Yes. And that it certainly doesn't have the positive effects that an adult person like you and I might find as it would in a undeveloped child's brain. And mm-hmm. so I think there is something to be said about, you know, hey, we got to treat this thing just like we might treat alcohol and uh, really kind of preach that it's, you know, maybe not the best until you're really, you know, in your own. Um, but that's a cultural thing. And uh, I think that, the, again, the criminalization of something like marijuana is just, that's over. It's, it's overdue that we, we get rid of that uh, formal avenue to a criminal record. Yeah. And and I mean, when you federally, when, when you would make this federally legal, I would have to assume that they're going to have to look at so many different, uh, prison sentences. Like there's gotta have to be some kind of like restructure of justice or something for people that like were thrown into these, into prison for years for, for drug offenses throughout the years. And now with something that's federally legal, I I would think that they would have to like cut them a break or, or do something to, um, if they can not, like any business can sell it, like, why, why are you in jail? Cause you sold it or, yeah, or, I suppose, you know, possibly, um, I, I guess it depends on the offense also. Um, you know, de, de facto law is hard, is hard business, man. It's not easy to say, oh, well now, because this is legal, um, then your, your sentence is now null and void because, at the time that you got sentenced, that was the law. Right. And every place is different, man. Like it's, it's so hard to say, you know, what's right and what's not. Um, but I would imagine, yeah, I mean, like I would imagine like, uh, 
you know, like a nonviolent possession or like a nonviolent, uh, I guess like what else would, what else would you excuse besides possession? Yeah. I think nonviolent would be key too there. Yeah. Right. Like Like if you were caught with, uh, a gun and Coke and weed, Mm -hmm. that's gonna be tougher to look at. Yeah. But if you were like caught with a sack, I remember my buddy, uh, my buddy, Brian Duncan and, uh, and Eddie McGuigan in Cleveland got pulled over and they were 18. I think they had like a gram of weed and the cop, it, it couldn't have been more than that. And the cop made a huge deal of it, dude. <laughs> Sat down, right in the Miranda rights, you know, met, fucking through the fucking, all of the Adam called the parents. And I remember one of them, I don't know if it was Brian or Eddie's. I love this story though went up, asked the cop what happened and got, got a real big attitude with the cops. Like you pulled my son over and called me out here for a gram of marijuana. Are you kidding me? She was so mad. <laughs> she was like, I'll, I'll police my own kid, you know, leave him alone. Wow. Um, yeah, and man, like, right. shit like that, like Fuck that's that. obviously a waste of time. Um, so yeah, for sure. Um, I think it'd be interesting. I, I, I don't know. Like you're saying, when when they broke, when at the time they broke the law, so like I would think that that would that would hold up. But maybe nonviolent. That that'd probably be the caveat. Yeah, and, pass, and I can't say enough. Maybe. I, I I think uh, I think the ability to allow your uh, allow yourself to develop uh, a, a little bit before you really start diving into any drug. Really, I mean, I don't care about drugs. But I think it's important that, you know, you really are, you know, I think like 18 is probably like the, the earliest you want to start any of that kind of nonsense. Well, yeah. Because there is significant evidence to the contrary when you, when you got kids and drugs, it just doesn't do them any favors. Yeah. Cause your brain, what still grows till the time you're 23, 26, somewhere in that range. And you know, obviously these are not good. Yeah, for a little brain. longer if you're a meathead. <laughs> uh, and there's definitely direct, uh, studies that show that smoking weed and drinking alcohol, you know, before a certain point are definitely uh, more harmful than they are after a certain point. Speaking of soft, underdeveloped brains, um, there's a a point you wanted to make about uh, one Jake Paul that I'd love to hear. (laughs) Um, Because full disclosure, I, I, I don't know a damn thing about these guys, why they're popular or anything. I don't consume much of the media, but... Um, by proxy of being a participant on social media, I just have no choice and it's in my face all the time. So I do know what you're speaking of, but, but I would love for you to, to make your case. Cause I know you, uh, have strong feelings. Yeah. I mean, I, to be honest with you, I've never like watched any of their shit in that regard. Um, I, I'm, I'm not a big fan of the dude. I just think he's, he's like, uh, just, just a, an asshole. But, uh, I gotta give him props for props are due because he knows how to promote the shit out of himself. And, um, he's gone from a YouTube star to a, I guess a professional boxer now. Um, and from what I understand, he's, he's at least a competent boxer. Yeah. Oh no, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. He can, he can box. He can definitely, definitely box. And like he, this he, isn't celebrity boxing. Right. He's, he is better than I thought he would be. And he's like, seemed to have gotten better through these three fights that I've seen. What I can't help but to wonder, um, is if 
it is really just the result of like uh, him being very good at marketing himself and knowing how to sell events and make money with people. Uh, it, it almost feels like a, like a WWE kind of like a like a wrestling kind of thing to me um, because the the company that that sponsors these fights that puts these fights on um, is called Triller and, and they're a social media platform really similar to like a TikTok kind of thing um, and it, it, the the he is their main one of their main and they're one of their very first big stars on that platform. That that's what he uses. He was one of their first, uh, whatever list celebrities of these YouTube stars to, to kind of pick up their platform and really push it. So I can't help but to wonder if there would be any kind of incentive for him teaming up with them to put on pay-per-view fights that people pay 20 bucks for or whatever it was, uh, all around the world. Um, I, I can't help but think there would be some incentive for them to promote the shit out of this thing, which they did, um, and to arrange it in a way that he was the winner and would continue to win to the point where he could uh, really either be a actual boxer. And like maybe it's all just him trying to actually put together a career, which power to him. He's, he's doing it right now. Uh, and it looks like he can fucking box too. Um, but I don't, I'm not going to believe that Ben Askren, a trained MMA fighter and, and, and college wrestler like Phenom, who, who had a, gr- a good career in the UFC, he got knocked out once and it was because he took a knee from <laughs> Masvidal to the face, uh, which I don't think many people would be able to do. Um, I, I can't, I refuse to believe, as out of shape and fat and shitty as he looked, that he can take one, a, a simple one-two punch to the face the first time that he really made contact with him at all and go down, and, and that's it. I, I, I just refuse to believe that. I've seen videos of this guy getting his, hand, his face hammer-fisted against canvas, bleeding, and he still won the fight. You're telling me he takes one shot with more padded gloves on than they use in the UFC? He takes one solid shot, and he's, he's, they call the fight? Really? No way. Well, let's... Uh, let's- Let's recognize that we know um, this this guy. Was his name Jake? Right, Jake Paul. Jake he, Paul. And I think his brother's Logan Paul, who, okay. who somehow is fighting Floyd Mayweather soon. So they're both fighting. Yes. That's um, okay. Which one was the guy that went to the Japanese uh, forest where the people hang themselves? Was it this dude? Let me look it up to make sure, but I think it is. Yes. Point being. We know that they'll do pretty much anything for uh, views and money, right? Mm-hmm. It was it's Logan, important. for clarification. I looked it up. It was Logan that did that. It was Logan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well. Uh, okay, well, then I, I, I stand corrected. Um, but I think the, the point still remains that these they are very much, at least this guy is very much in it for the advancement of himself uh that being said i saw the video and uh i don't know anything about askren i've never heard his name before this weekend but that dude got rocked you think it was that solid of a punch really i don't know what that punch felt like but all i know is he got rocked and the first three times i saw it i was like yeah this dude got rocked and the more i watched it, the more i was like well maybe you could make the case i don't know but 
yeah, I mean, he got rocked the way his hand, like he was coming around for a punch and then his, his arms went stiff. But you're telling me that a professional fighter who's taken punches to the face with, with weight, like half the size of glove, if not more, where it's basically a bare knuckle, he takes these to the face on the regular, or he did during his career, and you're telling me he takes one shot from a up-and-coming YouTube star? Well, and he's out cold? Or he's I, out? I, I would say that if it was rigged, I don't think it was because this Paul brother made that happen. No. Okay. I don't, I think, I think he, uh, yeah, I don't know. He, he looks like he has something to prove, you know? Um, and maybe he would, but why would you risk that coming out? And then you're like, you're just uncovered as a fraud. Or maybe he doesn't care. I don't know. Seems like a stupid risk to take for a guy with that much to lose, I suppose. Because, I mean, what's he going to do after this? You know, like, I think it looks like he wants to uh, progress forward and not stop. And maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. But no, no. I, it seems like, it, a, seems like a, a, a unnecessary risk to take to advance yourself. But it's really working, and now it's going to get him like shots <laughs> to fight like actual boxers, which I can't wait for. I can't wait for him to fight a fucking striker, someone who's used to getting hit with the gloves, all this shit. I, I hate watching all these UFC guys come over because it's not their domain, and if any of these boxers went into the UFC, they would get fucked up, bro. No, like, no, no question. You take Floyd Mayweather and you put him in a cage with Conor McGregor, Conor McGregor is going to whoop the fuck out of that dude when he can go for his legs, slam his ass to the ground. No, no yeah, question. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I don't I'm, know. I'm thinking watching all these guys come step stuff. out of their element. This and Ben Askren is a is a, a wrestler, and now he. Uh, it's just, I don't know. It's just it's not what you do, man. And it has that. No one's won yet. I, I can't wait for one of the guys to win because that'll be amazing. But it's just like it's a bad look. I feel like. Yeah, I mean, if if it keeps if it keeps being like. Like I said, I don't know this guy Askren. I'm not. I'm not plugged into that that world very much. But if, if you keep getting, you know, C and B level competition, and maybe I'm speaking at a turn about this Askren guy. But if if you really go into it with a professional, then you know I think you you can erase all this talk. But if it keeps being dancing around that and just doing gimmicks forever. Well then, you know, I think time will, time will tell us. But as of here now, man, I I think I think that guy got his his bell rung pretty good. <laughs> I just can't believe it, man. I can't wait to watch Jake Paul get his bell rung. The day will come, but I feel like we're gonna see more of this shit and pay for twenty seconds or a minute of entertainment. Did you pay for it? No, fuck no, man. I I found a. Uh, People are pretty creative on YouTube, bro. They put up like uh, Minecraft and with the bros or like these different certain titles and you click oh, on it shit, and it's no the way. fight. Yeah, it's the fucking fight. Uh, but it's made so that like, cause I act Triller and, and the UFC, all these places like crack down super hard on streamers because um, mm. it's pay-per-view. So I, I found it that way, but uh, I would have been pissed if I paid for that. I'm like, are you kidding me? What? Yeah, no doubt. Although I, I got to give it Pete Davidson. He was like the commentator, bro. And he was hilarious. Oh really? Oh yeah, he was. He was. It was really funny, man. Uh, 
it's like it's it kind of reminded me of like uh, this idea I've always had, like where I think it'd be hilarious, um, and maybe we should do it someday. But like if we commentated, we watched a football game and commentated on it, but it's like us talking. You know what I mean? It's not like it's more there's casual conversation you're commenting on the game i would be saying fuck like you could you'd be cussing like it would be just like watching the game with the bros kind of a thing instead of like elway at the 50 at the 55 now throws yeah. down you know like yeah. just more formal i think it'd be cool and it reminded me of that because he was like making fun of it he was making fun of jake paul like talking shit to ben Askren. it, it was just I, I it was enjoyable it was like a, a fresh air um that, do, that does sound like a fun idea to like actually try and like call the game but like be uncensored about it yeah yeah, really <laughs> yeah that interesting, bro. he just got fucked up oh my <laughs> god like you could you could just like say so much better commentary than you know booyah although but booyah is awesome shout out Stuart Scott but uh, uh but yeah no so it, it was interesting um another thing in the sports world I saw that uh, Kobe's estate Vanessa Bryant is uh parting ways with Nike they're letting his contract expire um, and I, I thought it was really interesting and, and I, I looked into it and it, it seems that it's because Nike, especially after Kobe's death, wanted to only release limited editions, um, of, of all of his, all of his shoes. So basically like what it looked like is like, so we can make a cash grab and we can charge 500 a pair or whatever and like profit off of his name basically and his likeness and uh his wife was like no i want to make these shoes like these should be more readily available uh especially in like kid sizes because i guess there weren't many like kids and juniors uh in product in production um so she she kind of told them to to f themselves man and 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 pulled out and uh i think it's a boss ass move that's interesting because i i I would so what is she going to take the 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 brand somewhere else? Uh, well, so there's rumors that before Kobe passed, he had wanted to start like Mamba as his own thing, like break away and have that be like a new sneaker line. Hmm. Um. The, so th- that I saw something about that. Uh, I think that Adidas is really compelling because I know Kanye and Kobe had a good relationship, from what I hear. Um. So he I used to be uh, Adidas. Kobe did? I didn't know that. Okay. okay. Or Reebok, but I think it's Adidas. Okay. Um, so, you know, maybe, who knows? I, I think that'd be a really cool line, especially if like uh, Kanye was involved too. It'd be really cool. Like a Yeezy Kobe crossover. Um, I think if Kobe Bryant were uh, still alive, he would have never left Nike. They would have never let him leave. Yeah. I don't know like, that I mean, it's worth a battle from a PR perspective to fight with his, his widow. Yeah. So I, I think they didn't really, you know, I think she knew that they, that, that they had, that she had her, had them by the balls in that respect. But honestly, if they weren't going to be able to do, do like what they wanted to do, I don't think that they saw, at least I don't foresee a, um, like a, a well-selling uh, shoe, commercially available all the time, that's branded by a deceased basketball player. 
that just doesn't seem, that just doesn't jive with me. That doesn't seem now, if you do it exclusively and you drop them sparingly with a bunch of hype, which is the norm, um, then yeah, that's, that's the way to go. And honestly, I think it kind of honors it a little bit better. Yeah. But if she doesn't want to do that, but I mean, I mean, by all means, I mean, but I just think it's crazy on Nike's part. Like, I feel like you pay her whatever she wants. You do whatever she wants. Like, no, no. Why? Because so? you're not, like I said, if you're, if you're just going to commercially run a bunch of Kobe shoes, because that's what her wishes are. Well, then you, you wouldn't be making those decisions at Nike because I just don't think that that makes any sense to do. Who Isn't wants to buy, you know, Kobe's all the time that just come out that are, have really no value, but just Nike has decided to just run Kobe's out all the time with whose they input, would right? Do, like with whose direction. They, they would still do like limited runs. Like there would be certain shoes that would like, would be probably exclusive. Like that's how it goes with anything. But like Jordan brand, as an example, like there are like budget Jordans and they're still like exclusive releases. Like it's still a well, dual Jordan's thing. the exception because he started it. So Jordans are going to be around for however long basketball is going to be around. But Kobe, be- but Kobe will be a top five, three to five basketball player of all time for as long as basketball is around damn near. I know, so but his, but what I'm saying is his brand isn't Jordan. Mamba, that, that's not Jordan. That's just Kobe. That's just his brand. And if he's not here and his wife's heading it, um, to me, that just doesn't translate into success when you're Nike and you're in charge of how successful that brand is under your direction. And right, I yeah. agree with them that the, the, the best way to make it successful is to not forget the fact that he's no longer with us and to treat each release like, you know, it's as big of a deal as it is because he's not here. So it would be way more special for them to do it that way. And, um, you know, I don't know. Hopefully she's making the right move. I I, I really don't know a ton of the facts of the story, but, but, uh, you know, uh, if she wanted to, to break it away and, and do something else with it, yeah, by all means. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It, it was interesting, though. Um, But actually, Frank, I have to uh, maybe go tuck myself into bed here a little bit because I am going to be hopping on an airplane tomorrow morning to uh, come and see you, actually. Oh, yeah, Papa Bear. Yeah. So... Uh, feel like uh maybe we should wrap this one up and i can go pack and yeah i will soon be in your embrace <laughs> Check I can't wait. Prince. um if anyone listening had any questions comments concerns sponsorship opportunities whatever you got for us uh shoot it over to bummerdo.media at gmail.com we'll be sure to answer you and um yeah until next time thanks for tuning in bye-bye